Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. This is the second episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Uh, again, I'm your host, uh, Adam, and I'm here with John Borsma. And uh, we're going to go over uh, our experience at our first ATA. An ATA, for anybody that doesn't know uh, what we're talking about, is the Archery Trade Association. And so it's like the mecca of everything having to do with archery and or the outdoors. So there was more than just... Um, archery companies there. There were blinds and tree stands. So there was a lot of things that were also um, surrounded by the hunting industry. So it was just basically there was no guns there. There were, uh, I think traditions had uh, their their booth, um, but we didn't, we didn't stop and check that out. But um, the show is not um, for the public. And I think we were the kind of the reason for that <laughs> because we you know we went there and it was everybody that's on tv everybody that's major on youtube everybody that's anybody was at that show and they were just walking around it wasn't it wasn't i mean you could get there were times where they were going to be at the booths where you could get pictures and you could get signed and we did some of that but a lot of the times when we talked to them we were just walking by and and walked up to them right so that, or that they're was, walking by us and we're standing there and stop them but but yeah, anyway, so I, I was thinking about this a lot. Like we went into the saying like, yeah, we're just average guys. Um, you know, we're talking archery, but for the average guy, you can't just go to ATA. So this was a really, um, I guess, fortunate happenstance. Like I said before, we just kind of walked into it where we saw that the, our club had tickets and it was like, yeah, of course we want to go. And uh, we were starting to do this, so it, it all just kind of fell into place and, and made sense. But um, I'm I'm super happy that I went, and I couldn't imagine 
not trying to go every year. So I guess with that being said, if you have the opportunity to go, you know, or, you know, you have a local, um, archery shop and, and they're going to have passes and they're, they need some buyers or they need somebody to just chip in for the hotel or something like that. I mean, definitely. certainly, definitely, uh, definitely certainly go. go. Um, so we went there, I don't know, maybe with different, um, things in mind. Uh, John's really technical. So, I mean, he was looking at all the stuff to build strings. He was looking at, you know, he knew all about all the different bows. And I think more specifically, you knew about like different bows that you wanted to go. And I was like, I want to shoot them all. I want to see everything. Um, and we went to a lot of booths where it was disappointing, um, in a sense of, I felt like I knew a lot more about the products than the guys in the booth. And some of that was, we, you know, we went to the, the one example I'll give is, um, lone wolf, you know, so we were taught, we we were looking at lone wolf tree stands and I don't know if it's that they're so big and that they think that they don't, they don't need, you know, everybody knows about their stands and they really haven't done a whole lot of innovating in the last couple of years. So they're just there to be there. I, I don't know, but, I went up there and basically I wanted to compare their stands to the XOP stands. So XOP is stands for extreme outdoor products. And if you look at their stands, they're nearly identical to the older lone wolf. So I know, I don't know specifically, but I know that it has something to do with the patent running out or something like that. And the lone wolf stands now have a little bit different, um, casting. So their casting now accepts, uh, dual cam bows because they have a bowl holder molded right into the, the platform. And then it has this little thing that comes out and it, it's to go inside your cam to keep your, your bow from falling off. And so XOP is nearly half the price of the, um, lone wolf stands and the, but they don't have climbers. Did you see a climber there? No, I didn't see a climber yeah, for XOP. I'm not sure if they do. But anyways, so we went in, I was looking and asking some questions, and the kid that was there didn't know the weights of the stands. And for what we're looking to do as far as, you know, put the stand and sticks on your back and go in a mile or two miles or something like that, um, weight is a big factor. So... And the kid only the kid worked in the shipping department, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily his fault. But I mean, you would think that the person that was coming up to people at the booth was the guy that knew all the well, stuff. Well, yeah, like some of the ones, some of the booths had, I mean, like Millennium. Mm-hmm. They well, obviously that guy he was like head salesman, and he really pitched his product well. You know, described it, knew all the specs. Where. Lone Wolf, yeah, the guy, he's like, I don't really know the weights. I'm actually from shipping. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I know the I know the box weight after it's all, sh- you know, boxed up and ready to ship. So that was kind of disappointing there. But Yeah, and, and like I say, Lone Wolf, they make a good product. I mean, I use right now a Lone Wolf Sit and Climb. It's one of the older ones, and I have no problems with the bottom of the stand. Like the, the stand base is amazing. It's quiet. Um, they're super adjustable. Um, the top of the stand, I've, I've had, uh, a couple of issues with the top of the stand, but I still continue to use it because it's fairly comfortable. But the fact that it's infinitely adjustable is great. This year I ran it at two different, oppor- uh, two different, uh, times where I just couldn't find the right tree. And one time, um, 
it cost me an opportunity at a, at a really good buck. And I, I looked at that and said, okay, well, now I need to start looking. And I did a little bit more research and found, you know, what these guys are doing that are hanging hunt. And the further I got down that road, um, it, it made me think that, yeah, this, that that's probably the way that, uh, I'm going to go towards. And I was, I started, uh, uh, moving that way. And, um, but yeah, so, so we went in there, like I went in there with certain products that I wanted to look at and as far as the stands and, and the sticks, because that's what I'm going to be doing. And then I wanted to shoot all the different bows because like I said, in the first one, I, I'm a off the shelf type guy, more than a pro shop type guy. And, um, uh, Frank went with us and, um, he's a, maybe a little shy. I'm not sure, but we just, we just can't get him to, uh, commit to this. To he commit to be this. Here. He's supposed to be here tonight. But, um, so he, he's had, he would have pretty, a little bit more insight on this, I guess, because he used to work in a sports shop, but the way that it seems to be going is everybody orders things online and they want stuff right now. And so, uh, for me being an off the shelf guy, I'll go and buy it from Cabela's or, um, the last couple of bows I bought without ever shooting them or shooting different ones, but I just read the specs and, and shot them with the understanding that I don't know all about every single draw cycle and I don't know the intricacies. So outside of having them side by side by side, they're all going to be superior to the bow that you're shooting right now if you don't buy a new bow every year. So it's going to be faster. It's going to be smoother. It's going to be you know, it's going to be a totally different animal. And like I said, first, if you're shooting a bow from five years ago, then shoot a new bow and it'll be far and away better. Yeah, definitely be night and day. But then John, I mean, you were, you were there and you wanted to shoot the, the target bows, right? Right. Cause that's, you know, you can go to most of the pro shops. You can go up or, you know, you can go up to Johnson's and they have all the Hoyts. They have the Matthews but they're all the hunting models. They don't carry any any of the uh, target bows. So, yeah, I wanted to check out the Hoyts, the uh, the new, can't remember what it, it's not the, Pro Force. That's more of like the 3D version. And I wanted to shoot a Prevail. And then I wanted to try out the Matthews TRX. And the new TRX, the TRX 38, actually, that doesn't even fit me. It only goes up to 30-inch draw length. So that's kind of a bummer. So I tried out the uh, TRX-8. So that goes up to 31. But and Is that common with pro shops? I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I've never been into to any of those. So are they, I mean, so we've got three, basically in the 50-mile radius, we've got three, pro, right. we've got four pro shops because there, there is a, an, another one um, that I have been in. But so do they, do any of them carry target bows? Um, for the most part, no. Um, like they're pretty much all centered around the hunting, the hunting side of it. I do know like long range. Uh, I've been on, I went down there last year and they did have a couple of target bows. Actually, they were customers bows and he's like, they're, they're fine with letting us let people shoot them. And I think there might've been a couple other bows that they had, but for the most part, no, and especially for like my draw length and stuff. They don't have you know, a big selection if they do have it. So, so then you're, I mean, that's a pretty big, you know, purchase to go in without, you know, you know, 
shooting it and seeing how seeing how the draw cycle feels and and all that so but and yeah then, so it was cool to and then for yeah for but for something that i didn't know and so maybe <clears throat> maybe explain a little bit what are what are the differences between like a target bow and a hunting setup well most of them like your target bows you're pretty much going to stick to the 60 pound range uh and then but they normally have less let off so you're pulling you're pulling less weight initially but you're holding more weight and it's i guess it's just the the steadiness of it you're not because you're not going to sit there and hold and hold and hold like in a hunting bow a hunting situation you might draw back and sit there and hold on a deer for up to a minute even and so you're going to want that let off to be able to do that but it might not be quite as accurate you know once once you like for the target situation when you're talking dots you know you're, you're talking just, a hunting bow wouldn't be as accurate in that, in that right picture. i mean because of the let off what it is is <clears throat> i think dudley explained it like it seems like a very short time when you're drawn back and you're in your anchor point and when you release the bow, what it is on a lower let off, it comes away from your face faster. It's, it's only like a couple hundredths of a second, but that, that little bit can impact the, you know, the deflection of the arrow off your face or your release. So the faster it gets away from it, the better off you are. So that's, that's one of the things that with the target bow and the less uh, let off. And they also have like a much larger um, brace height, correct? Yeah, yeah, they're normally, you know, they're, you're not going to have like a four or five, five inch brace height six. Most of them are like the seven or eights because you're not really, especially indoors, you're not looking for the speed shoot. The guys are shooting like 700 grain arrows, you know, they're, you know, it's about consistency and the heavier the arrow is, you know, the more, the more forgiving it more, is in the wind or anything like that. Yeah, well, indoors, you're not worrying about the wind. You were just, you know, you're just wanting that to be as consistent as possible. Where, you know, the outdoor arrows, you know, the guys that are shooting 3D, the, those guys are looking for the speed because in the uh, irregular 3D, when you're having to judge it, you're not being able, you can't use your uh, electronics. You know, if you misjudge it by a a yard or two that could mean you know points so if you're shooting a flatter shooting bow then you're going to be better off you know lighter arrow a little more speed so there's a you know i guess there's a fine line between you know the weighing which one's better more consistent or faster you know so the you know all the guys kind of have their own little you know, picks but so back to, um, I guess, expectations uh, going into ATA versus, like, reality. I mean, I guess, what did, what was your um, idea of it going in, not ever being there? Like, so we, before we, we walked in or, or anything like that, and then, then reality. Well, I really had, I mean, I was just excited to go. I mean, I wanted to see all the new stuff and, and just get down there and, you know, walk around, but. It it definitely, you know, it was great seeing all the people, you know, walking around. I mean, everybody, like you said, everybody that's in the industry was there. You know, anyone that's anyone or everyone that's any, any they, uh, they're just there walking around just like you and I were, you know, I guess since it's not a consumer, you know, venue, 
but we were consumers but but uh yeah it was i can't wait to go back i mean and it was huge massive i mean it was we were there for we went for two days we were there for two full days we didn't go on sunday um but we didn't look at every booth and I think when we first got in there, it was so overwhelming because it was like, I want to see this. I want to see that. Well, they might've been 400 yards apart. Right. I mean, and so if you didn't have like some sort of idea of what you wanted to see or, you know, and, um, there were some guys that I was trying to meet down there and it was like, if you didn't schedule right. with them, it was like, just by chance you'd run into them and then you'd, you'd end up talking or, or whatever, but it was so big so big and there were a lot of so this year as far as like the buzz about all the new products um i would have to say that that halo site or the the garmin um what is it called zero 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 that garmin zero site was the thing that everybody was talking about and it was really odd because i guess a lot of the companies are groups so rage and iq yeah. i think Botech is in that group i'm not sure they were right in the same area yeah, i'm not sure Botech is part of that group, but, but but all of those some of them have you know 10 companies are owned by the same mother company or whatever or distributor and so they had these huge booths well everything seemed to be centered around this garmin and it was just this little tiny <laughs> narrow thing and they did have a, a platform where you could go up on top and um and use the site we didn't go up and use it but i mean the sites well you explain the site basically how it works because you were listening to them i was just playing with it and trying to trying to get it going right it was well i mean I'll try to describe it best I can, but it has, you know, a button on the, that comes down to the handle. And as you look through the site window, there's no pins. It's just a clear lens, basically. And when you turn it on, then there's a little dot in the middle and you got to kind of, you got to put that dot on what you're trying to range. And when you get that dot there, then there's little arrows that come down and direct you on how to torque your wrist and how to get it centered so that you make sure that that rangefinder is actually hitting the target that you're looking at through there. So when you finally get that, you press it, and then the pin, the pin pops up, and it's at the distance of the target. So, and it and it displays the the range on top. But to me, it seemed. I mean, we were doing it with just a bear or part of a riser, so we're not drawn back. You're not anchored. You're not looking through your peep. So. It was really hard to get that that sight dialed in to where it was the ring was around the dot, and to me it just felt a little. I mean, well, and yeah, a little it, impractical. So th there were some other features to it, and, and the way that it was set up is you had to. There was like something that you put on the wall that simulated twenty yards, and you you calibrated it to that. You could double click the button, and it would be it would pop up at twenty. You could triple click it, and it would be thirty. The, the the dot would show up at that well if you double yardage. if you double clicked it fast three pins your three pins 20 30 40 pin would pop up and so that's when i was asking like well what happens if i can't range it and it's in a quick situation and then he's like oh just double click it fast and then your 20 30 40 pin will pop up well that's you know that's cool 
I mean, it had some really neat, you know, really neat functions. Like it, it would detect, I guess, when you shot your arrow and it would drop a pin and it would, cause it, it's like linked to your Garmin watch. And so it could drop a pin where you shot that arrow at. So that's amazing. I mean, that's cool. But for the average consumer, I think. Well, yeah, there was two. And I think I think that watch function maybe was only on the higher model. Because, yeah. I mean, the prices were $700 and $900 uh, right. for the two different versions. I mean, I shot a multitude of bows that weren't that expensive. <laughs> right. I mean, so. Shoot, the one bow had was a full setup. For I mean, seven fifty, yeah, and that was a carbon, even yep. wasn't it? Yep, the Bowtech carbon icon, um, but so th- that whole thing, and I've been on Facebook and I've been reading things, and people are like, "Well, what about this?" People are saying, "Well, I'm going to buy one, or is it practical for the regular consumer?" And the answer is, I don't think it's practical for the average consumer, um, and I don't. I, I guess if you were to take it home and use it a whole bunch of times and you could probably get it figured out and so that's kind of maybe the way that those reps were in there but i also think they could have done a better job because the if you're trying to sell something you're trying to um showcase it you would think that you would want it to be as easy to use as possible in that booth so you know we are under fluorescent lighting you know backlit it was hard to see the green arrows and then there was supposed to be a little green circle that popped up once you got it in there. I never saw that. Um, and then, it was, like you said, it was on part of a riser. So it, very simply, they could have had it on an AccuBow so you could right. actually draw it back and hold it. And if you let it go, it didn't matter. Or even have, like, just a piece of string, like D-loop material on the top just to hold it back and hold it steady. That, you know. But, yeah, yeah AccuBow, anything, something to give you that feel and to try to hold that riser steady. Yeah. It seemed like, but that the other thing too, is like, even the, the lighting was kind of nice too, because you're looking through a lens basically. And so like what I was talking about, uh, we were talking to the guys from, uh, Bowhunter planet or no. uh, not Bowhunter planet. I'm sorry. Serviceide. Serviceide. And we're talking about, we were saying how we were up at the Total Archery Challenge and I was shooting a lens and I had the sun behind me and I actually had to take the lens out a couple times because I had so much reflection there was no way I could I couldn't even see through it well that could that would happen too if if you're in a tree stand and the sun's coming down behind you you might not be able to even get a shot you know and you I I listened to it today and uh you know John Dudley had said it like to you in person about, because they talked a bunch about um, that site and like his, he was working with another company trying to make one and kind of the ups and downs of it. But, but basically what he said, and it's the, it's the answer uh, to, to the whole thing is that if that battery dies or that site is damaged, you have no pins. So you, you have nothing to go from now. The other bow site, the IQ, and I believe it's the IQ. I think it's called the Define because uh, I, I looked it up and I was, I'll put something up on our website. Um, and if you haven't checked that out, it's uh, bowhunterchroniclespodcast.com. Um, but I'm kind of going through all of this um, and I'll put it up on there. But that site is a rangefinder right attached inside 
the site. It works basically the same way with a little finger actuator like a crimson trace that you would put on a pistol. Um, and it's calibrated to your 20-yard pin, and it has – it was five-pin sight, I think. Yeah, it was a five-pin sight, and the laser is removable. So, like, you set it up with the laser, and you dial – you adjust that laser so that it is on your 20-yard pin. So, when once you get it set up, then you can take that off if your state doesn't allow, you know, how many – Well, it, it, it was – Anything that projects light projects. is what he said. Because if it doesn't allow electronics on your bow, the rangefinder in your bow isn't in the the garment is going to be useless as right. well. So well, that's a um, whole other issue with both yeah. of the sites. Like if you're in a state, no electronics, then they're useless anyway. So right, this isn't for you. But but yeah, so there's a, a laser that clips on the bottom, and you basically sight your bow in like you normally would at 20 yards, and then set that up with that. Um, you just calibrate so that the laser's on your 20-yard pin, and now when you press the button, you put your 20-yard pin on whatever's out there, and it ranges it for you. And, well, that was the other thing, too, is, like, once you press the button and turn it on, then it it continues to range. So if you're sitting there drawn back on an animal and, you're, you know, it's walking, you got the 20-yard pin on it, and it's ranging, ranging, say it stops. So, okay, say it stops, and it's, now it's at 30 yards. Well, you know it's 30 yards, but you got to remember, you got the 20-yard pin on it. you got to pull up to your 30-yard pin and use it. So that's where it could get a little confusing, too, for people. But it's way more practical. The price range. Yeah, it's 350 bucks. Um, I think in the magazine that we got, it said 380 but I know for a fact that guy told me right. 350 Yeah, it was like the MSRP that, yeah. you know. And I, and I saw... Somebody else was um, saying that basically it's just like the Vendetta site, and apparently Leupold has a rangefinder that clips onto your bow hmm. also that's similar, but it's not integrated into the housing, and Leupold doesn't make sights. So, I mean, they don't make bow sights. They make scopes and rangefinders right. and optics. But um, So it's a little different. It's the same principle, but this is integrated in, and basically, like you were saying, it's in scan mode all the time. Yeah. Once you turn it on, and then if the batteries did go dead, you just route you're out of a rangefinder. You still have your pins; they're hard pins, so you know you can mm -hmm. still in the pinch you can still hunt. Right. Or with the Garmin, now you just got a big open lens, you know, right. which yeah, you, you can't use at all. Um, but those that was pretty much the talk of the show was that Garmin, and then the IQ was basically the only other thing that was even similar to it um right. in the building um the other things we did see some other like the guy with the the drop pin mm -hmm. that was a really cool site i mean it was real basic and but it was like kind of perfect for yeah for for the midwest hunter or i mean it, it was absolutely perfect and i'd love to get one and I'll, i'm probably going to get a hold of the guy and just you know, maybe buy one. I think the retail on them was like 120 bucks, 130 bucks. Right. It was made out of carbon fiber. It was basically one horizontal fixed pin at, you know, you set that to whatever you wanted. So you'd set that at 20 yards or whatever. And then there was a vertical slider pin, like a HHA optimizer, just a regular optimizer um, that you moved up and down. And you would use that as your adjustable 
thing. And I think if you were just hunting in a, if, if you were a guy that you said, well, I don't like it at all. I don't like all that jumbling up my sight picture. You could just move that all the way down. So it was at whatever your furthest distance was. Right. And then you would kind of go from there. So you just have one pin like everybody did back in the day before these multi-pin sites came out. Um, and then if you were in a situation where you needed to make a longer shot, you would either do the old Kentucky windage holdover, or if you had time, you'd range them and move it to that. But this site had a, a bunch of really cool features that like were things that I can't believe that nobody else is even doing. I mean, the HHA optimizer, HHA themselves have amazing products and they have like all of the innovation they've you know the the optimizer light has actual gears in it like so when you turn that wheel you know it, it's not friction anymore every i mean everything is like positive you know and that's what i liked about when you had that one versus the optimizer the regular one that i had it was like i'd always go past it it wasn't like micro adjustable um and it's more precise yeah so, so this one is is still a slider but what he's done is he wrapped all that carbon fiber around there so that it's super illuminated or whatever. But he took a few pieces of that fiber, much like they do when they run them into your pins into that sight window. And then he ran them in right along that slider so that at 25, 30, 40, whatever, you'd still put your tape on there, but you could move that piece of fiber down there. So in low light, it would be something to actually catch your eye so you could. Right. He also, he also wrapped that fiber optic, like he had little, like drums. And then he, before he wrapped it, he put, um, rechargeable flora or glow tape. And so then he wrapped that around it. And so he's like, yeah, you can just recharge it with a light. So it's completely legal. You know, there's no batteries. It's just natural light basically. Um, there might be some States where you can't use fiber or glow, glow, like a glow tape or a glow pain or something but i don't know the rules for all the states but yeah i i don't remember i was i was talking with my brother about this this morning the size of the housing um was it larger than was was it, was it like the the upper end of the it was the about the size, size of an xl like the hha xl okay well that's fine because one of the things that is a blessing and a curse about it and it's going to depend on how fast your bow is, obviously. But so when we're shooting total archery challenge, you're shooting targets out to 120. That single pin only has the room to articulate as much as that site housing now versus moving the entire site housing. You can put it right down to the arrow as long as it clears the fletching. So I would be curious to see, dependent upon, and you might just have to, and I don't know, that fixed pin site was that fixed in the housing or could you move that up and down? Cause you, no, you, you might've need, needed to move that all the way up and adjust that housing one way or the other. Right. If you wanted to shoot those distances, but like talking to my brothers, they were like, well, there's, there's very few people. And I would have said that prior to last year as well for me is like, well, why do I need to shoot a hundred yards for? Well, as soon as you do it, it's kind of addicting, I think. Oh, yeah. That's not like, I mean, you can see me, uh, the guys that drive by my house are like, what are you doing out the road? I'm like, I'm shooting. Well, how far is it? It's 100 yards. You know, it was 90. Then I got, I moved the bag up another 10 yards. But, but yeah, 
So once you start doing it, it's like you walk up and it's like, I don't even want to shoot 20. That's like, right. you know, shooting in my garage, it feels like. But, but yeah, that site though was, I mean, just for a small company, it was really cool to see something like that. I was, I basically, I was just going to walk on by it. And then he's like, Hey, have you guys seen this? And he had a, he had a pretty cool rest too, a drop away rest, fall away rest. It was uh, all magnetized, but I mean, I kind of, I kind of missed out on that when Remy Warren was yeah. walking by. Yeah, that's, like, hey, well. that's kind of like what, what this show was. I mean, you'd be standing there and like, I don't, it, maybe he's not as big of a deal to many people as he is to us, but like Adam Greentree came water <laughs> by and we didn't even like see him. Like we saw him and he was doing all these things at the, the booth, but we didn't stop and talk to him. But we were sitting there having a conversation with the guys from our local archery club and he came by and he was lost. I mean, that's how big the, the show was. He was looking uh, to go to this uh, broadhead booth, which it was BAP. Yeah. And uh, he was lost. <laughs> I was like, Hey, you look a little lost. <laughs> He's like, yeah, where's the VAP? But it, with his accent, I'm like, what? Yeah. Who? So I just pulled up the, I mean, it's so big. It has its own app. And so I was like, oh, their booth. 700 and whatever and he's like all right thanks guys you having a good show like yada 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 and then he just went on he just wandered off (laughs) and so So. yeah it was it was super cool um but yeah so we missed out on a little bit of the guy spiel because we we stopped and talked to remy warren we we did go back but we had missed the initial part and it was i mean i'm not i was more interested in the site i mean the the rest did have a bunch of i mean cool little well, it was easily tunable um so yeah. w- one one way or the other um there were some things that i didn't like about it. they they put some extra stuff that was a little bit taller on it to capture the arrow for like if you were spot and stalking or something like that and it, that, that seemed like the timing would be really difficult to get those out of the way fast enough right that's when, it, when he was when he was flipping it up and you know it it looked it worked really well when you put the arrow in it you couldn't pull it out until you drew back and it popped it up but yeah as he was letting it down like that i was thinking the same thing like man that's really really close on the clearance because there was a lot of stuff there and what it what it was is that he had the the rare earth magnets um the one on the bottom was opposite polarity so that it was actually magnetized and the magnet was drawing it down and they had one at the top that was opposing or that was the same polarity. So and so opposed. it was pushing away. So when, when you let off that magnet was pushing it towards the other magnet that was actually pulling it. So right. I, I don't doubt that it was fast. Right. And and it didn't bounce. Like he was saying it didn't bounce much, but I mean, anything's going to bounce a little bit. And the, the actual, the, the, uh, the drop away or the cord on it was pretty cool too. How it was adjustive, adjustable, like, right. You just tighten up that set screw a little bit and you could still pull it, but then it worked, you know, on some of them, you know, some of like the QADs or the one that your brother, I just put on his bow. I can't, can't remember the name of it, but anyway, that's real critical on the timing. Like if you don't have it set just right, matter of fact, that happened on the bow that you shot at the, um, oh yeah, at the Darton booth. Darton booth, yeah, yeah. That they forgot to move the cord down or adjust it, and so the rest stayed up, and it was just like smack, rips the veins off the fat, off of your arrows and stuff. So, 
but that one was completely adjustable right right there and it didn't that stuff didn't happen but then again if it that was on the one the the first one he showed us had just little tiny rubber uh, holder and that seemed like it would have definitely been out of the way but it also the arrows come out of it real easy yeah so it'd be great for the midwest hunter but not for um or tree stand hunter i guess but spot and stock or whatever that's what the, that's the guys that were were worried about it and um I'll have to get the name of the company and I'll put right, it up. That's what I was going to run out to the truck and get it's all like, the paperwork, but it's, it's like Midwest magnet site or something like that. The guy's out of Wisconsin. Um, but I'll, I'll take a look at it and we'll, we'll get that figured out. Uh, but that was really cool. It's cool seeing, like I said, the small company and he's, you know, competing with the like QAD. He's got a huge booth and they're giving all the stuff away. And, you know, I, I don't know how many shirts I seen the guys were all walking around with the QAD shirts and, and they're a good product, but this guy was, you know, this mom and pop basically coming in there at the show and selling a good product. It was cool. Yeah. And, and that guy, he had a really interesting business model is that he had X pricing and then he had tiered pricing. So if you were a, a local shop and you did hunter safety, you got seven and a half percent off. If you offered like bow tuning or you, you tuned your own products, it was like seven and a half percent off. Then there was seven and a half percent off for something else. Yeah, um, something with the youth, like if yeah, you support if you a, youth a youth program. program. Yeah, so you could have got you know twenty three percent off of the price that it would be for Cabela's right off the top, and it, that might prevent him from selling. You know that that maybe why we've never heard of it before is because they're like, well, for the same price because you don't give us a discount for bulk, right. we can put these Trophy Ridge or or whatever. And, you know, we get them from Hudala and we got a million of them. So, right. you know, it is what it is. But that site was really cool. And uh, I'd like to get my hands on one because that's basically that when I got that, uh, I got a um, Dead Ringer has a site out that's a uh, an adjustable. They call it the wheel. And it's a bone collector edition. Um, I think all their stuff is uh, bone collector edition. But um, all their all their sites were designed by uh, Michael Waddell and, and T-Bone. They had the the input on them, so they did all the R&D. But for the price of it, for a multi-pin adjustable site, I mean, what does your site cost? And that one's like three seventy nine, I think, for just plain. And did it come with the light? No, or anything like that. No, the lights another thirty bucks. The lens another hundred. You know, so. Yeah, and uh, so I think that that's right around the same. I mean, a two hundred dollar adjustable site is about the the norm, and that site that I bought, I bought it because it, I wanted to just try it, and it's a uh, it's a ninety dollar right. adjustable multi pin. Now it doesn't come with any directions, and I went, I went <laughs> to the I went to the booth and I had to talk to five guys before somebody realized that, oh yeah, we didn't put those in the first, um, the first shipment that went out and I must've got one of the first shipments. So there's no, no instructions on how to set it up where you said with the, that Excel, it's pretty much the same. Like it didn't come with any directions and you paid five times the price, but yeah, there there's, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't, there was, there was a pamphlet and stuff in there, but I just, you know, it doesn't come, it, it's just your basic, it's not like HHA. HHA comes out, they have a, a 
system where you put the first tape on or it actually comes on it and you shoot it like 20 and 60 or 20 and 80 20 and 40 can't remember the there's 20 and 60 yeah it was what i did right and there's several other ones but then so you subtract and there's a number on it you subtract those numbers from the other and then you the number you come up with say it's 25 then you go and you pick number 25 on your sight tape and you put that on and it's pretty much spot on where with like the excel it's just you you have a blank tape you sit there you just it's just the old school way you Sight it in for 20, you put your mark, then you go and you can sight it in for 40, you can sight it in for 60, 80, you know, you can put all those marks on there. And then, matter of fact, the more marks you put on there, the better off you are because then you can really match it up. I just actually took, I took the sight off then after I had my marks on, threw my digital calipers on it and marked it. And then I just went down the tape until I found the right, you know, the one, the right one. But so that's how you do it with yours. But they could at least put that in there and say it. So maybe right. they, you know, now they do obviously. Yeah. And it came with a, a couple sight tapes. But what I was getting at is that, like, so that sight uh, came with a light. It's a, a five pin slider, and it was ninety bucks, or it might, I think, it might have been even eighty bucks. But when I bought that, what I was looking for was the product that this guy had, and uh, it was basically nowhere to be found. Right. And for hunting, I think that a, a multi pin slider at least even at this point a two pin slider would be perfect because if you're if you have one at 20 and one at 35 or something you know you could set that second one and that's where you would just leave it so you don't have all that stuff in your housing and then if you want to shoot further right you just go and that was the other thing too is like it actually had an adjustable stop Mm -hmm. where you just on that slider pin you just push it all the way down or you know on your on the back bar and that pushes the sight up and it stops, say, at 30. So now you got a 20 and 30 fixed pin. So you got mm-hmm. two pins, which for the most part, that's what you're going to shoot here, like in Michigan. I mean, not many guys shoot more than you're not going to shoot over 30 yards most of the time. I think my farthest shot up until, well, my farthest shot here in Michigan ever was 37. You know, and then the doe I killed this year ended up being like 32. I shot one, I shot a doe at 52 steps and that was with a 30 yard pin and holdover. Right. But, but, so but yeah. that was, that was not the norm. Right. I mean, hell, I missed one this year at 12. So <laughs> <laughs> shot right over the back one at 12. So, but yeah, I mean, so, but, but so two pins, that'd be, you know, perfect for most guys, you yeah. know, less clutter. And then, like you said, if you don't want it in the picture, just slide it all the way up and the pin drops down out of sight or, you know, at the very bottom, right down by the bubble. And it had a bubble too. So. Yeah. And that was cool. Um, and then for the bows, I mean, I shot, I don't know, 15 bows. I don't know, but I shot quite a a bit of time (laughs) shooting the bows, but I shot, I shot that carbon RX one and I was pretty excited about it. it. I mean, you're a Hoyt guy, and you're like, this is the coolest thing. Picked it up and handled the Cam Haynes one, and it felt really good. Uh, went over and shot it, and it felt good. Um, I shot the Triax, and that bow is amazing. I mean. That's the Matthews. The Matthews, yeah. 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 So, so 
those are apples to apples, like flagship bows, basically. Right. Well, yeah, but the that's the triax is not is not carbon. Right, that's what I mean. But I mean, those are both their flagship bows. That but that the carbon RX one is seventeen hundred dollars, sixteen yeah, and some change. Right. The the Matthews is not carbon, and it's a thousand. It's ten ninety nine. Um, I shot. Uh, I didn't shoot the Bowtech Realm or anything like that. I'm not. Wasn't really excited about it. We've got some guys that we hunt with that are shooting, shooting Bowtex, and they've already went out and shot them, and they weren't overly impressed. But I did shoot. What I wanted to shoot is I'm looking for um, a regular guy. So, and I, I'm frugal, like I said, and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for um, a good shooting backup bow because I've got I got that sight. I haven't put it on anything yet because my bow shoots great right now. And I don't, I'm not like John. I don't want to <laughs> switch do this every week or every day. Um, so that bow shoots really good. I want to get another bow um, to do that. And I've been looking at the, I've heard really good things. And like for the last four or five years, Bowtex Carbon Series bows. Um, I remember reading Outdoor Life, the Carbon Knight, as soon as it came out was, it was like $600, like $599. I think it was like $600. 50 like with the ready to they're ready to hunt package or they call it the ready to kill package um and it's got the lower end accessories well now they've come out with you can have the low end accessories or you can upgrade where you get a nice drop away rest an octane uh stabilizer and um i believe they come with like a carbon fiber um quiver also and it's like 799 but I don't think they changed very much from last year's bow to to this year's bow on the, on the the carbon icon, and so I wanted to go and shoot that, and I wanted to shoot it up against the the diamond also because there one of them is dual cam, one of them is a, a hybrid or or whatever, and that carbon icon just shot so well. It was in this, it, I mean, it shot just as well or better than that triax, and all set up, you know, at the MSRP for the high end accessories and everything was 800 bucks. Now I just want a bare bow cause I want to put the other stuff on it, but that was, I mean, an amazing value and the bow doesn't weigh anything at all. Like, so we went and at least handled all of the carbon bows and the carbon bow, the Cam Haynes, the, the, the Hoyt RX one, it was light and, Till you held the PSE and the PSE doesn't weigh anything. The PSE is like feels like a kid's bow. It, it feels like a fake bow. It, it's, there's like nothing to it. And that carbon icon is is right in that same. I mean, it was it was super light. And so with that, you're going to have you know probably some issues as far as it's, there's going to be a lot more critical. You know, you're going to get a more, lot more movement. Right, a little more vibra- vibration. Uh, but it was it was solid some of those bows had vibration and i wanted to shoot um that new dart and spectra and it shot really good um but it's not a speed bow and it was very smooth solid back wall tons of let off um it was really really smooth and i don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because it it was hard to compare it to the other bows it wasn't like it wasn't like shooting anything else and with all of the 
features that it has on it like the way that they designed it is that the, so that there's no cam lean the um the cables the cable slider doesn't move up and down so the the cables actually the x stays in the exact same spot and they're allowed to travel their natural path without any deviation so they they tout the tunability of it that they were getting they, they were able to tune it in one or two shots to get it to shoot right, there's basically no adjust no adjustments to it you know that's that's when it had the curved mm-hmm. uh cable slide yep yeah so yeah that one had it had some pretty crazy engineering with like the the split yoke system it had almost like a ball bearing and it mm-hmm. had like a double yoke that come down wrapped back up and onto the same cam you know which it was it was pretty crazy looking to me I'd, it, but if it does what it says if they if it does what they say it does it'll uh it's pretty sweet i mean well in darton where you don't think of them as like a major bow company have been around forever and they hold half the patents that these new bows are using for their cams and everything else the guy that designed that that rex he holds so many patents that they're using on all these other bows they came out with the cam and a half technology they came out with this their marketing is just a little bit bit right. different i mean they don't have you know cam haynes or john dudley wandering around you know and and putting all their stuff out there um but so it was exciting you know, to see this is the stuff that's happening from, from Darton. They're the first ones to do it. And so I want to go shoot that bow, but I shot those bows. I shot that and the Maverick two and the Maverick two is more their speed bow. And the draw cycle was pretty, uh, pretty aggressive. Yeah. And it was, it was fast, but there was definitely more vibration than the spectra. Then I shot the new breeds and uh, new breed is a company I think they're out of Alabama, and uh, it was the guy that just started building the bows in his garage. Like I said, and, um, they had a bunch of their stuff stolen. Let's see, that's the, the guys that got the trailer. Yeah, broke they got into. their trailer broke into right before they were going to ATA, and uh, all their stuff got. Yeah, they got sold stolen. some of their tools and a bunch of their bows, and luckily they said they had a couple that you know had they were able back. to put together. Yeah. So they they had some stuff to shoot, but um, and, but one of their bows, I mean, it was. It retailed for like six hundred dollars, and it was a great shooting bow. I mean, it 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 rivaled the the Dartons that I had just shot, and so I shot those the first day, and then I shot all of the the bigger ones. And I wish I would have went back and shot the the Darton again because I didn't have a whole lot um, to compare it to other than other Dartons and the new breeds. Uh, one thing, and I if you haven't if you don't follow Bowhunter Planet uh, on YouTube, you need to go check them out. Um, they, they did the, that bear approach HC video and, uh, they shoot it and they've got everything in slow-mo and that's a bow that's $500 and it, it, it almost shoots better than the flagship bow that they have out this year, the Kuma. I shot the Kuma and the Kuma shoots exactly like the arena 34. I mean that I'm shooting, it was like, I was just shooting my bow. Draw cycle was the same. Everything was good. Um, but I'm used to shooting that and it's just a little bit of vibration compared to some of the other bows that I'd shot. And I noticed that now. So I guess like when you shoot them back to back to back to back, um, you get to see that sort of thing in, in shooting that, uh, like say that, that approach HC, it was, 
an amazing shooting bow and especially for five hundred dollars and it's like 340 feet a second so it's it's like a pretty pretty legit bow for well that's very fast i mean too that's that's a speed bow i mean almost but yeah and i think the kuma's like i don't know 345 or 350 that's still faster than you know any of my bows that i've shot yeah so those are the bows that i shot and kind of like the the things that some of the things i mean you got like most of the bows it's, it's kind of it's it's a good reference point because you're shooting a bare bow they most of them had a whisker biscuit on it you're not shooting any stabilizer sight now the carbon uh the bow tech that you shot that was a fully set up bow that actually had mm-hmm. yeah. uh, a stabilizer sight you know a full ready to hunt bow so and you liked the way that one shot mm-hmm. but so yeah, you can you know the bare bones ones. So if you're getting a little bit of you know you're getting some vibration, or if the one that shoots and it's a bare bare bow and it has no vibration, you know it's only going to get better when you start adding some stuff to it. But, but yeah. So what were some of the other things that you? I mean, the takeaways. That one of the big things was that um, it, there was everything in the industry was there. So we were talking about it a little bit on the way back down and the way and the drive drive back was you can go to Cabela's, you can read about these products online, um, but you can't ever have them in the same room. They, Cabela's may have three of the models, but they don't have all of them. And I'm not talking about bows, but I'm talking about sights and packs and, right. and all that. So here you're able to, to look at everything like – back to back or not necessarily side by side but real close to it i mean you could see basically their whole product line and they would they would see like true ball excel they had just benches you know or countertops all their releases just laying out you could pick them up play with them all their sites just tons of them you can look at all the different sites all the different sizes you know that's what's you go our local shops can't afford to have that kind of merchandise on the floor you know so it's like well we have this one and it's like oh yeah that's you can go to cabela's and they might have a couple more because they're the big store but most of the time they don't have like the high-end you know target stuff or you know that i'm looking at i'm like like with this site no one had that i had to just basically order it on and hope i liked it yeah and, and that being said again <laughs> i guess it ends up being if you get a chance to go or if your local shop is debating on whether they're going, you know, right. Press Encourage them, them and ask them and say, Hey, look, you know, this is, this is big. Cause I, I mean, our one local shop that's brand new, I don't think that they were there. Uh, now what's, what's the name of that one? Uh, Eagle's eye. They're on, um, now are they, they're still open? Yeah. Okay. Yep. They, uh, they just, uh, they just started up. They carry Darton obsession um elite prime um so i've never been in that one yep i've been in there's a really good guy um they got the old bowtech i believe uh from long range is in there there's a guy that i recognize from from being in from working at long range uh when it was up here so so yeah yeah, yeah but our well we ran into mitch from johnson's and what's cool, you know, he he's willing he's willing to 
you know, get stuff in there. Every time I go in there, hey, what should I get in here? You know, he ran into us down there. What what do you guys, what have you seen that I should get? You know, and that's, that's awesome to have, you know, a shop that's willing to do that too. But, you know, like we did see a lot of media stuff, you know, like the young guys, cameras, and they're, you know, you see them out there. We didn't do it this year, but I think next year that'll be something that we'll focus on. Maybe we'll go down there as a media, you know, if we don't go along with the club, but, and just view the product, pick them up, show them off. This is what, you know, we're looking at. Looks, you know, do reviews right there on, on the spot. And that's, what's good about, that's a, a huge bonus of going to the ATA as a, you know, for a media point of view. We go in and show the people that aren't aren't allowed or not to say allowed, but don't have the fortunate, you know, of, of going there. So, yeah, it was it was really cool, and there's tons of stuff that we could talk about with the people that we saw or the things that we did. But the the takeaway was that it was an amazing experience, and there are so many cool products. Like one thing, for example, like I said, I went down there looking for sticks and stands because that's what I'm interested in. The Hawk helium sticks, they weren't available online, not through Hawk because they said, go to your local dealer. Well, their price point is like $119 for three sticks. Lone Wolf is 170, XOP is 170. Uh, The Muddy Sticks I think are 150. And honestly, if you were to look at the helium sticks right next to any of the other ones the other ones have the exact same kind of model they're just an aluminum version of a normal climbing stick so they're a aluminum tube and then they have these fold out the, the difference between the aerolite and the xop or the lone wolf are that they have um, steps on both sides but the helium are like this aluminum I-beam and they have steps on both sides. They're extremely low profile. Um, They look exactly like these leverage sticks that were out a few years ago and now they they don't exist anymore. And I don't know if they exist as a company. And the guy at Hawk like basically played dumb. Like, oh yeah, I'd heard that. Like, I don't know. I'm like, is it something that you guys acquired? Oh no, our sticks are different. Well, I got a set of leverage sticks in my garage and they look real they're similar. they're almost identical. So I would be surprised, but to be able to actually see those and at the price point, you know, like 120 bucks, you know, it's it's 50 bucks difference than these other ones right. and the fact that they are lower profile and they have steps on both sides. I mean, it it seems like a no-brainer, but if you wanted to go buy them, they carry Hawk stuff at Myers and Cabela's Walmart, and, but not those sticks. Right. You, you just can't get them. So, I don't know. That was cool. I went in and looked at that, and th- that product was really good. The XLP sticks were pretty cool. I'm looking at them right here on the catalog. And what was cool is that they actually had a cam lock system. Like, the one step, as you turned it, it locked into the, the step behind it, which it might add a little weight. You know, we were talking about that. If you're, I mean, some guys are so into dropping, I mean, ounces that, it, that that might 
not be something they'd want then, but they did have a pretty cool system on how they lock together. And those um, XOP stands also have that cast eye beam going yeah. up, uh, which is pretty good. And, it, and their vanish stand is 10 and a half pounds, which doesn't add any weight. There was another company, and I don't know what the name of the company was. They had another cast stand, and they had a cast eye beam, and they, but they had like a ratchet strap built right into it, or they had like a bracket, and you could take it all apart. But the stands were like 20 pounds or 25 18, pounds yeah. or something. They were, they were super heavy, so it wasn't practical. And understandably so, you know, there's a lot of outfitters and things that go to this. So if you had a ranch and you were putting up a million stands, um, the weight doesn't really matter. It's feature-based, where if you're a hang-and-hunt public land guy, well, weight matters if you're carrying it and how easy is it to set up and how quiet is it that ratchet was loud 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 yeah it was just a built-in you know ratchet spun but it was a really good idea that that's the one that actually had the platform disconnected and the seat disconnected so if you had you can you can purchase the the tree mount bracket separate so you could put a bunch of those brackets out then just walk out with your you know your platform and pop that just popped on with pins and then the seat popped on with pins as well. So that was, I mean, it had some, it had some pretty cool little features, but, but yeah, for the, what we're going to do, not practical for us. That's why I was like, well, you're not going to sneak in and with this thing, click, 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 click. Well, and so, I mean, I think, I think we're, we're getting right up there. We should probably kind of wrap this up. I'm sure we're going to talk more about, uh, the products and things at ATA. And if you've got any questions, like I said, uh, look us up on Facebook or go to the website, shoot us a message um, and we'll get back to, you know, as soon as we can. But I want to talk about like some of the people that we met there. And that was not necessarily like the famous people or like whatever, but the people that we talked to that were, you know, really, really good uh, to talk to. Uh, I've been a member of the Bowhunter Box Club for like a long time and I work with uh, Jason trying to promote his product. And uh, so we ran into him and uh, the hunting product guru, he's got a pretty big uh, YouTube. You should check him out. He's a, a super cool guy as well. Um, we ran into the guys from Behind the Bow, and uh, I was, we went down there, and I wasn't trying to be, you know, we've got one episode of the podcast, <laughs> and we're just starting up, so it wasn't like I wasn't trying to get people on or anything like that. And I was just talking to some people, and the guys from Behind the Bow. Uh, he actually gave me a cell phone number and he's like, if you need any help with the podcast right. or anything, uh, give me a call. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. So there's a, and, and that you need to check them out on YouTube too. Those guys are cool. Um, and we stopped and talked to some other guys, uh, the guys from hunting public talked to us for a long time. And, and John talked to, um, born and raised yeah. and they were, they were talking about how to get a tag in Montana and, and kind of right. the things that you need to do. Um, but yeah, so I was talking to, to Jason and he had a new box that had been sent out. And um, so I told him I was going to do a video on it. Well, I tried to do that last night and uh, my audio was terrible. So I figured I'd bring it here and I'd let uh, John open it up. So it would be just like an unboxing video, except for I, I tore up one of the, the packaging <laughs> on it and I'll, we'll get into that. But So yes, here, we, here we go. You this is January's to, box. You yeah. want me to break into the box here? There's something from Hawk right there. Yeah. 
Well, he was telling us with the Hawk products, I was telling him for things that I wanted to see in the box, I wanted at least these companies need to give you a decal. I think everybody likes stickers. You put it on your fridge, put it on your bow case or whatever. Uh, yeah, so what what do you got in the box? So right here, this is a, from Hawk. It's a, an adjustable hook. Like So instead of screwing into a tree, you just wrap it around a limb, mm-hmm. twist it up. That's pretty, it looks like a pretty sweet product. And John's super particular, so this is this could so be yeah. a good thing or a bad thing. So yeah, no, this is definitely something I'd use. I mean, there's a lot of times it's a pain in the butt, you you know, to go to put a, a hook in, and a lot of times it's illegal to screw stuff into trees. But so that's did, just, so did you get the sticker? Yeah, in there? so so that's <laughs> one of the things that I was I was saying is like I was telling Jason about the decals, and he said, well, that's cool with all the hawk uh, hawk products if you just like rip the package open, like in between the the two two levels of the packaging there's a, a sticker in there. And I said, well, I, there's been two other products in his boxes and I've just thrown them away. So I'm, I thought I'd give everybody a heads up. There's actually a decal in there. So, so yeah, next is a, so the thumper. It's by Dead Ringer. It's a small game tip. It's like a blunt tip, which I always have, always have a, either a judo point in my quiver because I'm always shooting at something. And it's nice to have a tip like this when you are shooting. You know, if you just need to shoot in the ground, this this will keep the arrow from digging down so deep that you can't find it. But yeah, that looks, those look pretty sweet. And then you got a wind indicator. So, not quite sure what we got here. Yeah, so I did the exact same thing when I opened the box. I'm like, I don't know who Cirrus is. I mean, I saw their booth at ATA. Uh, but I didn't stop because I had no idea what they are. They're, I mean, if you look at their packaging, their packaging like shows nothing about <laughs> hunting. It's, it doesn't. It, it looks like it could be something that like it looks. It's got a like a blue uh, wave on there, and it looks like it should be for your boat. It looks like it would be some sort of uh, or like you plug into your car. Yeah, <laughs> like an air freshener, something like that. So let's let it. So basically that's a, it's a USB, basically like a rechargeable vape uh, deal, but you push the button and it lets out the vapor and then that does the wind indicator. So it's like a, just a super fancy bottle of of dust, (laughs) bottle of dust. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically where, you know, so when we, when we talk to the guys from fourth arrow, the wind scent, that sort of thing. That's what their scent grenade is. So there's a bunch of them out there. Scent Crusher's got one. Um, Fourth Arrow has one, or, or, or Wind Scent has one. Um, but yeah, they're, so it's a USB thing that's rechargeable um, with with that. And it's you hit the button, and it, it lets out a, a steady stream of it. So it's a little bit more consistent than when you're using the powder. Um, yeah, so all it says on the back here. Ideal for hunting, golf, dog training, tactical, you know, shooting sports, and much more. So it, it's, yeah, it's kind of a, got a wide range of use, but I guess just try it. It looks pretty sweet. Yeah, so I think, I mean, here's the thing. So it says that that wind indicator thing is 40 bucks. The small game broadhead things are 20 bucks, and the hawk hunting is $10. I think... It's usually retail price, so you know seventy dollars. It's probably 
55 65 dollars worth of stuff in the store you know if you're gonna buy it but he always wants to bring you new products so right. things that you that you hadn't seen before and i mean i didn't even know cirrus how it was a a company uh, that did hunting stuff let alone i mean if that was on the shelf i would walk right by it i would even yeah. pick it up i was just gonna say you know it's not something i would ever i wouldn't even think of buying but it's cool you got it now it's it's worth giving it a try yep and then so those those game heads is something that everybody should have, but it's like, you know, when you're in the store, are you going to buy them? Right. Yeah. It's something it's, it's good to have. Right. Yeah. I usually just buy the, well, the cheap little judo points with the springs on them. But yeah, these look pretty sweet. I definitely, uh, give them a shot. And then the, the, you can't, you can't ever have enough bow hooks and especially ones that you don't have to. Screw right. What's nice. It's got a, it's a ball. So it's, pretty adjustable spins around back and forth so and then this hang on a limb yeah so Quick and easy. so that's what it is um i think coming up i'm gonna have jason on the the podcast i talked to him about it and he's he's up for it and uh, we'll give him a call and then we'll probably do a giveaway with uh one of these boxes or um i'll probably do like a three-month subscription the subscription is like 40 bucks um you know, it's forty bucks a month for your, for your, for your subscription there, and it's like a hundred and fifteen or something for, for the three months. So we'll give one of those away and let somebody uh, try it out. Uh, but we'll do that when we get him on here. So um, kind of stay tuned. There's a link uh, to his website um, on ours if you're interested about checking it out. But it's Bowhunter Box Club, and I think pretty much that's all we've got. So like one of the, we do plan on doing like some reviews on the stuff too like once the weather's you know, yeah. permitting we'll get out we'll do some video shooting stuff like this you know testing this stuff so yeah, yeah. just stay tuned we're, we're getting the website up and we're, we're getting more stuff uh on our youtube and it's bowhunter chronicles podcast but uh just bear with us in the <laughs> yeah we'll get we'll get it going but i think that's about it so i think we're all set all right all right thanks